This week, Siri's future is in trouble. Microsoft's Activision acquisition is blocked. AI regulation is coming together. And Black Mirror is coming back. It's Monday, May 1st, 2023, and this is episode 646 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and a whole lot more. Through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and uh, the Pilch Point, or on our website, plugkidslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is, normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can uh, chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Uh, plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows. Uh, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Pluckets Live presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right, I know we're here on a Monday, but you know, sometimes things happen, but we're here, and that's the important part. <laughs> How are you doing, Aaron? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about so many things. There's so many things we could talk about. I think for my segment, we'll talk about the one we mentioned yesterday. Uh, with the uh, with the uh, cease and desist, but um, there's quite a few things we could show. There's I'm sorry I'm I I, I kind of feel like I should apologize for turning into the AI guy. Uh, it's just that I've been going down an AI <laughs> rabbit hole the last few weeks, mm-hmm. and it's you know the thing is my uh, my coworker Matt my colleague Matt. Uh, was talking to me today and he said, you know, I like how you get you all of these things don't work properly, but you're so enthusiastic about them. (laughs) And and I kind of take the position of like, well, so many there's so much AI hype and it Mm. is absolutely out of control, terrible, because as we said before, like people are losing their jobs. People are relying on information. I saw there's a guy today although he's making the app to do this so he's got a vested interest who said that he's turned his personal finances over to auto gpt the one that that just keeps going and is using it to have it cancel memberships to things that he doesn't uh use anymore it apparently wrote a snail mail letter and mailed it to his gym canceling his gym membership okay uh, um, although again, you gotta take this person's word. They said there's some API where you can send letters to the mail, um, mm-hmm. to the postal service. And <coughs> he, <coughs> sorry, I had a little call. <coughs> sorry. And he used it, <coughs> sorry, to negotiate with his cable company for a discount. Interesting. Now that's crazy. That, yeah, I, mean, I can't negotiate with my cable company for a discount. Now, yeah, it like apparently asked got fifty dollars more from Comcast when it asked for fifty dollars off, and the Comcast person said 
okay, no, Comcast person offered $50 off and it said, no, that's not okay. And it gave $100 off. But I, 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 first of all, at some point soon, the Comcast person will be a bot. So you'll have, I'll have my bot talk to your bot. But whatever the case, like, that's somewhat, in, in my very strong opinion, very dangerous hype because mm-hmm. to, to trust AI to do these things. On the flip side, I could take the, the opposite position, which I often do when we do I talk to people, which is, wow, this stuff is way overhyped and a lot of, and here's what it's, it's really not capable of doing this stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff. And we need to be very careful because just saying, oh yeah, it's going to get better. It's fine. Is, 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 it's, is dangerous. Yeah. But if I just went out there and was just talking negative smack and was like, this is all terrible. I just ignore it. Then I couldn't, you know, I got to cover this. Yeah. I got to write about it. And so <clears throat> I got to look at what it does well, mm-hmm. what it does poorly, and try to figure out how it actually works because yeah. that's the key element. It, uh, I mean, unfortunately, in some cases, to even the people developed it, it's it's not transparent. But yeah. you, you really got to, like, it's really important to understand what's actually going on, what people are actually doing, what the models are, how they work, what they don't work. Um, because otherwise you're going to get snowed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And on the topic of what they do well and don't well, uh, don't what I speak English. I am not chat GPT. I swear. Uh, (laughs) The things that they do well and the things they don't do well uh, in preparation uh, of the possibility of talking about what they don't do well. I did bring a stack of iPhones into the studio tonight, just in case. Uh, if you haven't seen that article over on Tom's Hardware, definitely go check it out. Um, <laughs> Abram's been working on it, I know, at least all day, and I got to help a little bit. Um, but on the things that yeah. that it does do well, um, oh, plug that real quick. Yeah, so we have an article on the homepage. I was actually going to set this up so I could show it briefly during my segment, but... Mm-hmm. Um, on the homepage we'll of come back around to Tom's it. Hardware, we have an article about uh, a new AI model that will run uh, locally, even on an iPhone. Well, some iPhones, thanks to Scott testing it. Since <laughs> I don't have an iPhone, I run it on a PC. Uh, but it ran on a really poor low-end PC with integrated graphics, so that should tell you something. Yeah, but Avram got lucky that I got a stack of iPhones <laughs> going back Many generations. I think I got a six S somewhere. It, it wasn't total luck. I know you have that. I know you yeah. have all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, it, it didn't take long before we didn't have to go back too far before it failed. Um, but on the on the topic of things it does well, something we talked about during the show last week was um, being able to summarize audio. And I found a partner uh, since then called Swell that does it so unbelievably well, it's wild. Is it free? No. Uh, You can do like one a month for free. Um, You can do like five a month for like 20 bucks or something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly what the costs are, but I mean, it's unbelievably impressive and the amount of time that it can shave off of like podcast production, especially like for me for CES, 
to be able to feed it audio files from the interviews and have it summarize uh, generally to about 90-95% in SEO style, so at least 500 words, unless the interview is very, very, very short, at least 500 words. I mean, it's it's really impressive. And I fed it, as my test, I fed it my most complicated interview of any CES. It's always the monster interview um, because we cover an entire booth. Um, and it got almost everything correct, including grabbing the prices and availability from the very end of the segment and putting it back up in the, the paragraphs and segments above. It was really impressive. So, good on them. I, so, that was... You, know, you had I, made a comment about it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that is what it would be good at, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, you know... I, I have something that I was trying to do all weekend, not, um, which I have not accomplished yet, but I, I'm, I'm working on getting the various pieces to work together. Uh, there was a video that, so I'm always looking at how can it help me. <laughs> so, you know, I look at sometimes from like a journalist perspective, what's going to help, not going to help me take away my job, help me do my job better. So one thing that would help me do my job better is that there's a lot of news breaking on YouTube from YouTubers doing stuff, but I can't keep track of everything that they're doing. And the sure. most, and the most difficult ones are if you have somebody who has a video, not in English. Right. And it's not just YouTube. Like there's other sure. sites like Billy Billy, which is a Chinese uh, video portal. Right. And sometimes there are people there who've done something cool or have a new product that is now here or whatever. And I want to, you know, be the first English language uh, site to cover it. Yeah. Um, so, like yesterday, the, a, a guy in Portugal had a really interesting video about how he, he soldered some more RAM onto his video card. Uh, the whole 22-minute video was on YouTube, but in Portuguese. And sometimes YouTube offers translation, but it didn't this time. So okay. I was thinking, like, for something like that, I would love to have a script that downloads the video uses uh, whisper, and uses Whisper AI, which is, like, you can use locally. Um to transcribe the video and translate it into English. Um, okay. So I could have a a transcription. I could I could have the transcript in English. So I could you know, so I could do it. Yeah. And um. So that, like, I think that would be a cool use. Also, this may be sci-fi esque, but. My son and I were talking just before and I was putting him to bed about how cool it would be if we could make it, um, make it dub, do dubbing. So like, could we um, have it so that if like, so we take a video that's in a foreign language to have Whisper AI transcribe and translate the audio, then use something like Eleven Labs, which makes text to speech and realistic sounding voices, mm -hmm. take the voice, the voice stuff, dub it over the dub it in place of the original voice, so it's just like somebody dubbing, doing an English language dub. Fascinating. Hmm. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it seems like most steps of that I know how to do. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I can't figure out how to make them work together, but I know what the tools are, except for, and this is probably somewhat easy figuring out how to put the audio in back into the video automatically at particular yeah. places. 
Um, but um, anyway. I'm sorry. Okay. We could talk all day about this. I know. We had a company on CES 2020 that had... 2020? 2019? I don't know. Um, that had a text-to-voice um, product that we're going to be using uh, for the new version of Plug Hits Live um, that I think you can actually give it pacing. So you could actually... The audio file that it would create could be timed already if you took the transcript and were able to grab the timestamps anyway yes we could talk about this all night it's a very fascinating uh area there are some things that it can do really well like transcribe and then describe i gotta show you this swell later by the way um <laughs> it creates a chatbot that you can then ask questions about the audio file anyway Fascinating. Um, but we've got a lot of news to get down to tonight, so let's do that. But before we do, a reminder, if you are watching on Twitter or Facebook, it's time to come join us over on YouTube or Twitch. Um, F5live.tv slash join us is the easiest way to get over there. Do it now, and we'll see you in just a moment. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv Microsoft. Well, we got chatbots talking to us in the uh, in the YouTube chat right now, but <laughs> for a little while, we're not going to talk about uh, YouTube chatbots, but we're going to talk about a different type of chatbot, one that's been around for a while. Uh, those are the ones that are built into the speakers in our homes and the little rectangles in our pockets. Um, the three primary being Google Assistant, Alexa and Siri. I apologize if I just triggered anybody's uh, speakers or phones. Uh, they have been they've been the chatbots that have followed us for the last couple of years. Microsoft had Cortana. There have been a couple of others that have come and gone. Um, but as we've talked over the last couple of months about generative AI and what it is good at and what it's not good at, where it does work and where it doesn't work. Um, one of the places that seems most natural for companies to start integrating it would be in the chatbots that they already have. Now, we know that the uh, information that underpins some of this uh, can be questionable. Google lost a ton of valuation when their demo of Bard lied <laughs> on a number was off by, what, a thousand X or something like that. Um, but essentially, Bard is theoretically just an upgrade to Google Assistant. Um, we know that Alexa, uh, Amazon has been working on, on generative AI technology. They've got it in AWS as a service. Um, 
as well as the ability to create them as a service, which is interesting. Um, so for sure, if Alexa survives 2023 um, and the chaos happening over at Amazon, um, we will see that technology implemented in there. But then there's Siri. Poor Siri. Since Apple bought the technology originally, uh, they have really struggled with the back end of it. Um, there have been a lot of theories on what's going on. Um, everything from uh, a company that doesn't actually care about the product to a complete misunderstanding of how the back end works. Whatever the problem, um, there was a, a report this week from the information, I think. Um, about total dysfunction happening within uh, Apple's AI division, uh, explaining why we have not seen any real additions to Siri since about 2018 and why we shouldn't expect to see any anytime soon. Uh, there's so much dysfunction inside the company, in fact, that the theoretical... Can we call it theoretical if we've seen renders of what Apple's uh, mixed reality headset is likely to look like. Whatever. The mixed reality division has uh, started to build their own voice control system because they so badly didn't want to work with Siri. <laughs> Which is, I mean, talk about a slap in the face to a division. Hey, we have this, this technology they can listen to, understand, and and act on human voice. Do you want to use it? No. No, we'll build our own. It's okay. Oh. Uh, so, like, this is the place that I... Like, th this is the seemingly natural progression of what what these guys are up to. If Microsoft hadn't uh, given up on Cortana uh, just a little too early, you know Cortana would be entirely either Jarvis or or uh, chat GPT based at this point since even word is uh, what what do you think Abram it, if if Apple's not able to somehow get on board and and get out of their dysfunction does Siri survive you know it's funny how Apple's kind of given up it feels like they've given up it feels um, Microsofty. It's for like it's well, it's for get like hey, you know we we were the leader in this. Now we're giving up, yeah, uh, which is weird. So, you know what's interesting is if you look at the evolution of audio chatbots, and I actually think there's a good chance that all this all the AGI chatbots that people are using, which will eventually also be audio. Um, I mean, you can there are ways of hooking into them with audio now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, that they also will become more faddish. <coughs> I was talking to my coworkers about Alexa, for example, and, you know, they used to use Alexa for, they used to think it was cool and they'd have all kinds of conversations with Alexa and then, you know, ask it silly questions. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to use Alexa for a very specific thing. I'm going to use it for smart home control. Mm -hmm. Is that... Is that what artificial intelligence? What time I is it? Say so. What time is it? Yeah. W what's the weather? Turn on my lights. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know. Oh, those, start and stop things. a timer. Re remind me in twenty minutes to take the muffins out. That. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's good for that. 
Uh, <coughs> it's good for that. Um, you know, it's somewhat okay for putting for giving voice commands to play music, but not great. Um, you know, so that's all great. I mean, depending on your def, the word artificial intelligence is, is means everything and nothing. Yeah. So you know, right now when people say artificial intelligence, they're thinking about generative AIs that have the appearance of being like a person. Um, but there's an interesting question, which is that, which is that people do, how exciting is it? How useful in the long term is it to have something that talks to you like a person? Um, it, it, it seems at first like, oh yeah, this is very, I don't know, for lack of a term, better term, bourgeois, you know, uh, it used to be that only the rich could have, you know, could have people, could have servants to do things for them. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, everybody can can have, uh, you know, a servant who takes their commands and, you know, says they'll do it for you and even calls the cable company for you, apparently. apparently. Do you remember? I don't know. Is this did, did the thing where you could have uh, Google call a restaurant and talk to the restaurant and book a book a reservation for you ever happen? I know they demoed that at one point. Wow. I had forgotten about it, so that's not a great sign. But if that has, if that's not available yet, I'm sure it will be. But the thing is, in a way, it's very insulting, first of all, to the person who has to answer that. Like, what? You, you're having a robot call me as a person you can't even bother giving a human's time? You know, I don't know. We could go about on about that for a while, but how this relates to Siri is, <coughs> I think the novelty of having these chatty bots on your phone and mm-hmm. in your house uh, via smart speakers is is wearing off. Like yeah. voice command is is a is a viable interface for doing things, but just chit chatting, asking questions, you know, give, asking you for a history lesson or whatever. Yeah. Um, not not good at that not i mean not not good for that because some things you're just better off looking up yourself and reading and all that thing stuff yeah so so i think there is an open uh question about i think there's an open question about how you know how useful it like in the long term all these people who are chatting to chat gpt just about any old thing um are, are, you know, I think are going to get bored of it too. Yeah. Uh, so, so is Apple falling behind in AI? I mean, it's, it's voice recognition that the, there's a need for voice recognition, which is a form of machine learning. Right. Mm-hmm. And voice sure. recognition is <clears throat> as an interface is not going to supplant every other interface, but is a valid interface that people need to use. But, you know, whether it needs to be chatty, like a person, is uh an open question uh mm-hmm. and whether you know like that the novelty of that is wearing off <clears throat> so siri could it like get something like chat gpt into it almost certain i mean it would be trivial right because all right. apple would have to do is uh pay for the uh and we'll talk about this shortly to use the open ai api right then they are more than welcome to uh, you know, to pump uh, that stuff into into Siri. Um, however, on the other hand, maybe Apple, if they have thought about this, have thought maybe they want to own the technology, but maybe they've also thought 
hey, maybe we don't want to give people the wrong answers on our phone and be responsible for it because there's a lot of problems with it. So, sure. <clears throat> I mean, I think the issue and why this is so newsworthy is because a lot of companies, including Google and probably Apple, saw ChatGPT become a thing in November and they hit the panic button and irrationally hit the panic button. Uh, so Google hit the panic button and they came out with Bard, which is, you know, inferior and plagiarized people. Uh, and they're, now they're going to integrate it into search because they're so interested in, but all this is about is really impressing uh, investors and some business press. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's a buzzword. Like Google will probably be better without having a chat bot on top of it. Um, you know, Siri might be better without trying to be an AI at this point. Uh, it might be better just taking your commands and doing, um, doing what you say, but setting you know, your, it's setting your alarm for the morning, you know? So I, I don't know. Like, I don't really know if, if it's absolutely, um, like I think Apple and other companies think they have to have a product that they can say is an AI product, but it just shows how vapid, um, how vapid the marketplace and investors can be because a few years ago it was blockchain. Yeah. Right. Oh, blockchain. I got to have something that's blockchain. And mm -hmm. you see companies calling things AI that are not right. right? Like, and you, uh, you had you know, people calling you had companies calling things blockchain that were not right. So they just have to say something is AI, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's absolutely a bogus market. Like, there, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I hate to say, this, I'm looking forward to the crash. You know, unfortunately, it will it happen seems, too. It seems to, at this moment, be hype, be negative publicity averse, because we had someone kill themselves because of an AI bot. Oh yeah, we've had, we've had, um, you know, so people have died because of AI bots already. We've had, <laughs> um, all kinds of. You know, we've had uh, the Bing bot originally threatening people and asking people to leave their wives and all kinds mm -hmm. of crazy stuff. Like Inve inventing they, alternate personalities. Right. So, like, we've had all this bad stuff and, like, yet the train keeps rolling. People continue to get horrible, false information every day. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they're like, wow, this is great. I'm going to keep using it. So, uh, I don't know if there's going to, I hope there's going to be a tipping point where people say like, Hey, wait a second, this actually is not such a great service. And like the technology, the fact of machine learning and neural networks and, and, you know, large language models, they're not going anywhere. But at the same time, I think people have to contextualize what the tools are good for and what they're not good for. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have some thoughts on what would be a responsible way to do that, but, uh, which would be to begin with respecting intellectual property um, and telling people where everything is from and paying the license, uh, whatever you use, uh, whatever the bots use. But we're going um, to talk about that in a couple of segments. We're very AI we heavy are. tonight. So, sorry. It's it's a thing. But, you know, it's a tra it's of the moment right now. You can't. Yeah. 
you can't walk away. Like you could have put in today's one of today's stories that the <coughs> head of Google AI resigned so that he could uh, warn people about the dangers of AI. Mm-hmm. Did you see that story today? I so, did. Like, that could have very easily been a discussion story for yeah, us. Yeah, so, for sure. So, so <coughs> sorry, Siri. Uh, yeah, I mean, Apple is, I, I don't think Apple needs to do anything. <coughs> and I hope that they realize they don't need to do anything. Yeah. <coughs> Apple is great at ignoring trends. And I, I used to criticize them for that, but I'll give them credit for that. Like, they never made a two-in-one. They, you know, <coughs> they had a chance. Everybody in PCs was doing it. It was the thing. Everything's going to be two-in-one from now on. What a big deal. And we see that, like, two-in-ones didn't go away, but the excitement of having a two-in-one and everybody's going to be in tablet mode, uh, you know, calmed down because yeah. they realized most people weren't using it that way. So, but Apple, Apple said, I do. Yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying nobody does. <laughs> I know. It was a joke. I absolutely. I am nobody, fully but aware. Like, I am fully aware that I am the oddball in most industries. <laughs> but anyway, so Apple doesn't need to do anything, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they think they need to. Maybe the industry thinks they need to. Uh, Maybe Wall Street thinks they need to. In the end, as far as their product stack, I really don't think that they need that they need to have like an AGI chatbot, you know, or turn Siri into that. Yeah. So so perhaps in this case it's their dysfunction that's saving them from going down yeah. a crazy path rather than uh, preventing them from competing with Bard. In the wild west, yep. that is the uh, the chatbot world right now. Okay, yep. yeah, I I can uh, I can get behind that. That's a that's a fascinating fascinating take that I hadn't entirely thought about. But of course, the 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 industry might feel like they're falling behind, but Apple may not care. Because they recognize it as a trend that they don't care about chasing. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. That. Um, but with with the uh, the reported dysfunction within the, within the unit, it doesn't sound like uh, even if they wanted to, they were going to be able to chase this. So this might work out in their favor. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. I'm going to continue to enjoy that new music. Anyway, uh, so. Yes. Um, more AI, Avram. So much, so much <laughs> to talk about. There's like five things I'd like to talk about at least. 
Uh, and I want to I want to apologize because I'm not AI, so I'm a human that has a cough right now. So if we had like a really great use of AI, would be to real time filter out my coughs. That would be <laughs> that would be great. That would be a that that to me would be a good use. Like help the human. Um, uh, so, so so we should put we should put an AI into my mixer over here and put a seven second delay on the show so we can uh, take care of you live. Yeah, Got I mean. It. Yeah, if it's, I mean, if it's really fast, uh, maybe it could, you know, if you had a 4090 or something, maybe running it, maybe it could just like, also could make my lips look like I'm not coughing too. It could like rewrite my lips. Speaking of rewriting lips, I gotta, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Have you seen the pepperoni hug spot video? Oh my God, have I? I, I okay. So I saw the article from you and then I grabbed. I grabbed it and I started sharing it to everybody. I I'm like, you've got to see this. This is the, this is ridiculous. I feel, it's, I feel like it's like family, like but with cheese. I feel like the, I, I feel like the audience should see this. I feel like the, I feel like the audience should see this. Do we, I don't, I don't know. Is it like a, a copyright violation for us to show an open AI, an AI YouTube video? Um, not if we are commentating on it. Um, if also, you, I know the. Also, I know Pizza Later, the person who wrote it, and I don't think they would mind. When I say okay. I know them, I'm like they're not if you, personal friend, but I interviewed them. If you yeah. if you want to talk about it, I will get it. I want to talk. I mean, I know we were supposed to talk about something else, and we will in a second. That's but fine. you got to like if people see this, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna plots. So. This is a video that was made uh, a commercial for a fake pizza joint called Pepperoni Hug Spot that was completely uh, made with with AI, with like five different kinds of AI <coughs> too. So a little bit of cheating going on <coughs> in the sense that it's not just one AI bot that the person said, make me a pizza commercial. <coughs> they had um, one thing called Runway ML uh, Gen 2 which they used for the video part. Uh, they used another thing called 11. Uh, they used ChatGPT to write the script. They used 11 uh, to come up with the name of the joint, Pepperoni Hugspot. <coughs> they used um, MidJourney for some of the images in the video, and they used 11 Labs for the voice and something else for the music. Uh, and then they took all of that and they put it into a video editor and edited it together. So that was the human part. Um, but... Uh, but still, uh, when you see this video, you'll not no humans, no actual people, or or uh, talked, wrote anything, <laughs> appeared as actors. Uh, you name it; it's all AI generated. So can we can we show it? Give me just a second. I've almost got it. I'm okay. making sure that I've got URL. It. I have it. I have it. No. I I got it. I just want to make sure that I had it in, uh, in like full. Uh, full quality. All right. Let me add it into the thing. Where did I put it? I think I put it on my desktop. All right. We will be able. Let me make sure that I've got the audio set to play on the stream yeah okay hmm. all right here we go 
we'll be able to talk while it's playing. Are you ready for best pizza of life? Bring friends down to Pepperoni oh, Hug Spot. Best pizza of life. Our chefs make pizza with heart oh, and special touch. Cheese, pepperoni, vegetable, oh. and more secret things. My absolute vegetable. favorite part. Need it's delivery? Coming. Pizza's when come fast. Pizza. Pizza yeah. magic. Eat this pepperoni hug spot pizza. Your tummy say the thank you. Your mouth say. Ooh, look mm. at her mouth. Pepperoni Ooh, hug spot. It's like family, but with more cheese. Uh, like family, but with more cheese. I mean that's kind of brilliant though. That's a really like that's really good. Our group that has been saying that. Props. Our group has been saying that all week because of this. Like family, but with more cheese. <laughs> I mean, they. I mean, uh, pizza later. The the person who did this, they. Um, I I briefly got to email with them about it. Um, uh, was. Uh, you know, did a great job. They have a, um, it's awesome. Speaking of real quick, give me a prompt for a video that you, that you would want to make, but it has to be a really short video with no sound. Oh no. Like, um, two, like two seconds. I, I, I don't know. Uh, let's see. How about a seagull stealing a hot dog? Try... Seagull stealing <laughs> Hot dog. Okay. So I'm going to run this through the text to video playground. Okay. And uh, before we're we're done, I'm gonna show you what it comes out with. It takes excellent. Like, it's gonna take like thirty seconds to make. Um so you can see that there's a lot of stuff cool stuff going on with AI. Um and Scott and I earlier uh, were talking about an AI that you can run locally uh, instead of going to chat GPT. But let's be honest. ChatGPT is sucking a lot of the air out of the room right now. Um, ChatGPT is becoming sort of like the Kleenex uh, of, you know, the Kleenex of AIs, right? So a lot of That's people say I want ChatGPT. A lot of people say they want ChatGPT. They just mean they want a chatbot. They don't necessarily mean, hey, it has to be ChatGPT specifically, but it's become a term, right? Uh, so, um, one thing that maybe folks don't know is that ChatGPT is run by a company named OpenAI, and OpenAI has a <coughs> sorry, um, OpenAI has an API, and where the real money from OpenAI is made is not from you going to ChatGPT because they give that for free, and then they've got like the plus account that costs I don't know what twenty bucks a month or something, uh, so you can get priority access and get. Uh, GPT for the latest model. But what they really want to be doing and are doing is other people incorporate the GPT 3.5 or GPT 4 language model that OpenAI makes into their own websites and programs. Um, <coughs> and to do that, they need to use an API. An API costs money. And you <coughs> can get a free API key at um, Open, a, open AI with maybe, depending, one account I signed up at $5 credit, one at 15 uh, And, you know, it's pretty generous because sometimes a, a request will only cost like less than a penny. But after a while, you use it up. Um, and it could be used up pretty fast if you're doing a lot of stuff. Um, so it's, and, and you, it, it can be cost prohibitive. So uh, a person, uh, a computer science student who goes by the name 
ex-techie um, in Europe, came up with a concept and put together a GitHub repo called <coughs> sorry, GPT for free. Uh, what is GPT for free? GPT for free is something where you can use open AI's uh, services in your own bots without paying for them. How now, and the ex techie received a cease and desist letter from OpenAI saying, you better take down your GitHub repo or we're going to sue you. Um, but here's the interesting thing to note. Ex techie is not how, how ex techie gets the data from uh, that OpenAI provides is not using OpenAI. So there is an interest is not directly using OpenAI's OpenAI. Uh, some articles that were written about this uh, before mine said that Xtechie had hacked it or found like basically implying that Xtechie like stole some or broke into like OpenAI's API. That's not what happened. Here's what happened. Um, so there's a number of sites. I want to share my screen because it's just a lot easier to see it this way. Um, and when I do, by the way, you're going to see what we talked about earlier. This is our, this is our uh, <coughs> video. Oh man, I didn't eat the hot dog. Not very good, huh? Does it look like you stole a hot dog? I don't know. It doesn't look like much, right? My favorite one was I did a Godzilla eating pizza one, but anyway, we'll let that run in the background. It, so it's anyway. like family, but with more cheese. Yes. So, so anyway, um, so if we go, I'm going to leave that in the background for now. And there are a number of sites out there, uh, like that are actually known to be using OpenAI's backend, and you can use them. So one is called You, and that's a search engine. It's actually it's an AI search engine that it uses. It doesn't use GPT four; it uses GPT three five, but you know it's a search. It, it uses it. Um, Similarly, let me see. We'll actually go to, oh, my video's done. Let's see. Not the best. And by the way, if you change the seed number, you get different results. I got better ones with better results. But it's, um, it's eating and there's pizza. So, I mean. Oh, oh, did you notice the plagiarism, by the way? Um, there's Shutterstock logos here. I see that. Um, um so anyway, we won't even. We've talked previously about how AI is a plagiarism engine, so I won't get into that. Um, so anyway, if we go to uh, GitHub's uh, GPT for free page, you're going to see that he lists um, a bunch of sites that use the different models, like Forefront AI um, is one, and you can go there and you can log in and you can like. It's Forefront is actually interesting because you can name a persona or something like Kool-Aid man or something. And you can, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm not asking a good question, but anyway, <laughs> it's always a good time for Kool-Aid. So what, what does this have to do with getting free, free API? So what it is, is each of those sites has its own service where, Oh, it's a little, can you guys see it's a little, I think my thing may be a little blurry. 
Anyway, uh, each of the sites that you go to has its own little API, right? Its own internal API that it's using. So what GBT for free does is it goes into, I'm looking at the code here, and I've run this. It'll go to like u.com. And what it will do is it'll actually go to like u.com slash API slash streaming search. And then it will put the prompt in there as a parameter. So that's what u.com uses and for its own internal like use. In other words, when you visit the page on u.com in the background and you submit a query in the background, it's sending a message to u.com slash API slash streaming search with your query, which then processes it, sends it to OpenAI, gets data back from OpenAI and displays it. What, what uh, the scripts at GPT for free do is they intercept that. They, uh, the way that Xtechie described it is, it's as if you opened Forefront, YouTube, you know, you uh, <coughs> or other sites like this in like 30 tabs and you visited them yourself, except you're visiting them and you're not seeing the website. You're not getting the ads. You're not getting the, you know, they're not making money off of you. Uh, and we could certainly argue about that, whether or not that's morally wrong, whether that is, you know, stealing or whatever. Uh, but whatever he's doing, it's actually not to open AI. It's to all these companies that use open AI. And by the way, they could very easily stop that with basic API security. Like u.com over there, they could fix it so that if anybody tries to go to that URL and they're from an outside IP address, it just doesn't respond. Like that would be, you know, there's lots of ways of protecting an API endpoint. That's what it is, right? It's called an API endpoint. And that's, it, it's, it's really just that simple. Right. But, you know, what's so it's just getting that data back for you. And then you can use that data in your own bot. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, you have access to GBT4. Um, uh, Xtechie also has on his GitHub page a link to his own uh, bot that he's created with this. But there's some very aggressive uh, ads on there that are like, popping up and wanting you to do stuff that might be risky. Uh, so I don't know if it's necessarily a good idea to go to those his, his bot right now. But if you want to install the software and run it on your own computer, which I have done, um, it, it works it works perfectly. Um, so uh, he decided he's not going to comply with OpenAI. And he's going to tell them that if they have a problem, they should write to GitHub and ask GitHub to take it down. Um, and there's a DCMA, DMCA, Digital Millennium Copyright Act complaint, which it really isn't. And there's a really interesting question, which is, do they really have a legal standing to tell someone to stop doing something that is not being done to them? And he said that if like these other sites come to him, like you.com, or he said there was another one called Find, P-H-I-N-D, that asked him to take down the script for them and he already took it down. But FYI, if he can do it, so can they, so can anybody else. So uh, just having him remove the repo uh, does nothing. There's also a discord where people are talking about this stuff. But the bottom line is these sites are basically, uh, he's just 
basically scraping, sending a request to them and scraping the data back, scraping the data that they send back rather than visiting their website to get it. Um, so what do you think, Scott? Is that like, does, does OpenAI really have a leg to stand on here? I mean, obviously they're a big company with lawyers and this guy's a college student, so he's probably not going to, if, if they were to actually go to court, I don't know if he would, he would prevail, but. So there is a Supreme Court case with precedent on this. Um, uh, Microsoft was the um, the company that was suing. I don't remember who they were suing, but it was for data scraping on LinkedIn. Um, and the ruling was that uh, data scraping is legal on any information that is made publicly available uh, uh, without like a sign-up. Which is why you see on LinkedIn now, when you go to a profile, if you're not signed in, you basically get, hey, you should probably join LinkedIn, uh, was because of this case in particular. It was some sales thing that was scraping LinkedIn. I don't remember. Um so, I mean, there's literally, there's literally precedent on this. Um, so it should be interesting. And uh, Instagram uh, got smacked down on this too. They ended up having to change their API um, for images based on location. I think because somebody was scraping data off of that. They ended up having to change their API. Um, interestingly, both topics that have been on the show in the past at some point. Um, but anyway, so I mean, there's literally, there's precedent on this. So. But here's the interesting question. Oh, he's, got, he's got a lot of leg to stand on on this. Also, it's not, but OpenAI also, it's not their API that he's uh -huh. doing it to. Right. So what they're like, in his opinion, if someone was to come after him, it should be like the sites that he is mm -hmm. crawling, that he's getting mm -hmm. it from. Those sites are customers of OpenAI, but that, but he's not, he's not touching OpenAI. He's not contacting OpenAI's server. Yeah. But also yeah. like they should protect, they should protect their data. Now, uh, I mean, <coughs> interesting <coughs> question will come up again about AI is all the machine learning that's going on, the training data being taken from everywhere on the web, like is being scraped. And is that yep. like, is that okay? Um, you know, when they're using it as intellectual property. Uh, anyway, uh, here it is running on my computer, uh, GPT for free. Uh, I, I loaded it up. Uh, so we'll ask it a quick question and this should be going to going to another site like you.com and then getting it from, uh, if it's you.com, then I think it's going to be GPT-35. Uh, let's see. Um, so I'll just ask a little simple question and see what it says. So, well, unable to fetch response. Let's see. Uh, it might work. Let's, ah, yeah, it works. Uh, so you see, mm -hmm. uh, sorry if it's if it's appearing blurry to, blurry to folks, but there, but like he got me an answer. So, um, so you see, like it works. And there's an interesting question, which is, first of all, 
the bottom line though is these sites are practicing poor security. They could just yeah. solve this problem very easily. Like, I mean, yeah. it'd be one thing if he was just going to their web page and scraping, but he's going straight to their API. So yeah. like they could very easily stop this. Like, like they just and he said he told them this and they don't care. So like don't, you know, which don't makes it do their problem, with, not not uh open AIs. Yeah, yes, it's now, their problem. So why OpenAI is getting involved is because it makes them look bad. Yeah. Uh, and they're their customers. Now but open I just I really open AI may could change their API usage policies, uh, which is what Instagram did. Um, how, how would that help? How would that change things? So if they change their usage policies, then they could go after you.com for um, violating API usage policies by making their API insecure. Ah, that's interesting. I think OpenAI. I think OpenAI doesn't want to do that because they they want, uh-huh. you know. I mean, I think part of the thing is he he kind of courted their. I mean, look, he's not the only one doing this, but he kind of courted sure. their ire because he used, um, you know, he called it GPT for free, and I guess they feel oh, the word GPT is not trademarked in any way, mm-hmm. and could and lots of things are using GPT in them, uh, yeah. so. But he courted their ire, I guess, by using the term GPT, um, uh, by using GPT for free. And then the reporting on this said that he was getting it directly from OpenAI. And this obviously is a threat to their business model, so, right. sort of. So I understand why they're not happy. But sure. at the same time, uh, you know, whether they have a footing to to stop him if he had proper legal yeah. representation, interesting question. And the bottom line is they can't stop everyone. Right. So, because um, so, this will be, here's the thing. All we got to do is start forking this, this GitHub repo. It'll be all over the internet. Not. It's huh? all, it is all over. Yeah. It's, I think it's already. So, yeah. so not, so it, it, it doesn't matter. And what he figured out how to do, I'm sure others could too. So, sure. you know, it's, so it, it's, it's really like what it was so difficult. Honestly. I've done this before. Obviously not with OpenAI, but I've done this before. I've I've done well, done lots of data scraping things, but I've I've hit APIs um in our uh writing portal <laughs> for plugheads. Um I'm using I'm using an API that's not documented but it's publicly available uh for uh headline analyzer. Right. So the thing is, I mean, in a way, it's it's not nice because like, you know, you.com is, and all these other sites are paying money right. for these, you know, this API usage on yeah. OpenAI. And I wouldn't. So you're... I, I don't know that I would do that. The thing that I'm using is just a publicly available thing. Um, right. But I mean, they've set themselves up for it. They've they've set the API in such a way that it's way too easy to get a hold of. Now there's very little that you can do to make it impossible. Right. But they've made it too easy. Hmm. I mean, maybe open AI could do more to make it easy to like 
limit you know on their end i don't know i don't know if there's a way that like i don't know you could have what encrypted if, what if i want to what if i want to build it into an application now my my ips are distributed there's all kinds of stuff i don't know what if there's like a key yeah i don't know i mean yeah it's, oh, it's hard to say or maybe you there are keys that's right? well i know but there are keys so i don't i don't know i i guess yeah it's it's hard to say yeah, who knows? They've right. OpenAI does have some really, really modern, pretty sophisticated uh, API security, but they've but if given people the, are using it, and they don't. They've given the key yeah. to the house to somebody else, and that person left it at McDonald's with the address. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the best way to put it. So. <laughs> That's that's our that's our our story. And the final thing I was just going to say is the thing that you and I tried, um, which is called um, MLC uh, LLM, uh, which stands for was it a mo- um, was it model language compression, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, it's compressed. Is a compressed is a compression uh, allows you to install. Um, a local large language model that is nowhere near as good as ChatGPT, um, but you can run it completely uh, on even on an iPhone, um, on, on iPhone uh, compilation. Or, uh, op, uh, all right, compilation, um, an iPhone 12 or above, um, and on even on an, an, on a PC with integrated graphics. Here I have it running locally on, and it's. The data is like, you know, five or six gigabytes. Um, and if you <coughs> if you look here on my screen, I asked it a ridiculous question. I asked a simple question and gave me a ridiculous answer. So um, I don't know if you can read. It looks sort of blurry on my end. So I don't know. Can you can you read what it says over here uh, where I asked it who was the fifth president of the U.S.? Uh, the fifth president of the United States was... James Madison, he was the fourth president of the United States. Oh, that took an interesting turn. Right. Okay. So this is messed up in so many ways. First of all, first of all, um, it previously told me that Thomas Jefferson, I asked it this afternoon, and it told me Thomas Jefferson was the fifth president. Um, and I believe that the reason it said Thomas Jefferson was the fifth president is and i may be screwing up my history here wasn't it how many <coughs> wasn't one of his terms the fifth term of the fifth presidential term which but that's not how people describe it people would say the fifth president is james monroe because uh-huh. he was the fifth person to be president i can probably but, tell you what it said the fifth president of the united states was thomas jefferson he was the third president to be inaugurated after the end of the american revolutionary war in 1801 that's the answer it just gave me. American Revolutionary War ended in 1801? Uh, or I he mean, was inaugurated in, in 1801. Oh, oh okay. I, the, so, anyway. the sentence structure is not great. But I think that's yeah, what it's it, getting at. Anyway, it has a lot of problems. Uh, it also said that plug hits, plug hits is a... Um, 
is an electronic music festival yes. run by DJ Plug. <laughs> yeah, it did. So, and it said that I invented a contact lens with a built-in camera. But it also said that you were an engineer at Google, and uh, so so, so the, anyway. I, the iPhone fourteen said you were an engineer at Google. The iPhone twelve said, uh, I guess it depends how many. It'll give you something else if you ask again, probably. Um, so once again, showing that these uh, that all these bots, including ChatGPT, make stuff up. Um, so some make it up more than others, but all you need is for it to make one thing up for it to be bad. So yeah, true. Anyway, true. <laughs> so the technology is is uh, evolving. Um, I got but, uh, I got Thomas Jefferson as the answer on the iPhone 12, but with absolutely no explanation. Just the fifth president was Thomas Jefferson. Period. It's 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 really insistent that it's not James Monroe. It never says James Monroe. I've never heard that interpretation of the presidential numbers before. Today. I mean, I mean, uh, if we if we want to get down to, you know, the oddities of the numbers of presidents, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get weird because there were, what, eleven presidents before the Constitution that aren't counted in our current numbering scheme. <laughs> so I mean, right? We can I mean, go all kinds yeah, you of weird. Could, you can, but yeah, this you isn't can one of them. Right. Right. I mean, that's just so, that's just so, that was, that's just so weird. Like anyway, so, right. So all these things are weird, but it's interesting that they were able to compress the model to fit on a local device. Yeah. All of these things make horrible mistakes and uh, in short, and uh, someone has found a way to get the GPT stuff for free and is being threatened with a lawsuit. End of story for today. <laughs> you can read more about this on TomSardware.com, where we have an article about the OpenAI uh, lawsuit threat and uh, to free JGPT for free. And we have an article about um, NLC LLM. And we have an article about how to do a two-second uh, video uh, with the text command. And we have an article about <coughs> um, uh, Pizza Hugspot uh, video. So... More to, more to come as I'm working on more more stuff uh, because it's of the moment <coughs> and I like do I like it when I'm doing stuff where I'm actually installing it on my computer. Mm -hmm. What frustrates me is when I'm just using other people's sites like a passive consumer. Uh, what I hate the most about about AI about uh, generative AI is the very concept that people should just be passive consumers. Don't code, we'll do it for you. Don't mm -hmm. don't write it don't write something, we'll do it for you. Just sit here and be a bump on a log. Be like the people in the wall E future where you're just sitting there stuffing your face and doing nothing, right? Because the, the AI will do it for you. Like but, that, but stuffing your face with the, the plate, not the pizza. Right. So, you know, uh, so, you know, if you can take this technology and use it in a creative way to like take advantage of the fact that uh, what this is real AIs are really good at. They're not good right now at finding actual truthful facts and presenting them in a, in a, in an artful way. And they're not actually creative. What they're really doing is mashing stuff up. But mm -hmm. what they are really good at is interpreting data that already exists. They are, 
I mean, not perfect, but they're much, much better at things like transcribing audio, recognizing images, you know, stuff like that. So taking things that you've created and making them digital, making them interpretable, like that is a fantastic use of AI. We should all, you know, good. Let's do it. Well, anyway. <laughs> Interestingly, tonight's pilch point, uh, if you're not watching this live, the summary that is below the video, I'm going to try and run this through, uh, through Swell and see what comes out. This has been a very complicated conversation, which is why I think it's going to be fun to do. And I can't wait to see if it tries well, to do something with the, uh, the pizza video. Yeah, ah, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, in one of our videos, somebody misspoke about who the guest was, and ooh, it latched onto that. So it's not perfect, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, definitely interesting. Lots of stuff going on uh, in this space right now, and uh, appreciate you uh, bringing the information to us. And as always, I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. Well, the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard deal is currently um, blocked. The uh, UK's Competition and Markets Authority uh, put out its 400-page report on uh, their findings uh, this week recommending against the merger. Um, They had a number of of, uh, things that they pointed out. They went into pretty great detail about Microsoft's business practices and both before and after a potential merger. Uh, But the... The decision boiled down mostly to two topics, um, and I am struggling with both of them. I am neither a proponent of nor a um, uh, opponent of this merger. Uh, I don't care <laughs> either way necessarily, but the argument against it in this report is... Um, a little arguable. Uh, the first thing that they pointed out was Microsoft made a number of commitments, both to regulators and to the industry, um, 
the most important one was that Call of Duty, which is, of course, Activision's uh, cash cow uh, and probably the biggest franchise that um, the company owns across all of its brands, that Call of Duty would be available off-platform for at least a decade. Sony had complained that they felt that Microsoft was purchasing Activision so that they could bring the games in-house and make them exclusive to the Xbox console. Um, and Microsoft said, no, you can keep Call of Duty. We're good. Uh, and they said, in fact, we'll throw in the Switch. We're not just going to commit to putting it on, on PlayStation for the next decade. We'll give it to Nintendo, too, if they want it. So the CMA said that it was an unrealistic uh, commitment because the Switch couldn't possibly play Call of Duty. So a couple things. One, Nintendo probably doesn't want Call of Duty. We've talked in the past that Nintendo has a particular image and... They're fine with it. They know who they are. They've separated themselves from Microsoft and Sony, and they're good with that. So they probably don't care about Call of Duty. And second, Call of Duty was on every, seemingly every Nintendo console until recently when they really solidified who they were. It was on the Wii. It was on the Wii U. It's... This would be far from the first time that a Call of Duty title was on a Nintendo console. So the idea that, oh, well, the Switch couldn't possibly handle Call of Duty is comical to me. Um, because it's running on phones. I, in reality, I mean, they could easily put a Call of Duty experience on Nintendo if Nintendo cared, which they don't. So that was an argument that I immediately felt... Um, like my BS meter started going. Um, the other complaint um, was about the the potential for Game Pass and Xbox Cloud Gaming, uh, particularly the possibility or probability of a price increase. So let me tell you all the things that have happened that have not caused a price increase. Purchasing Bethesda, including EA Play, which they do not own. The new partnership with Ubisoft. Massive inflation. <laughs> what, an average of 9% inflation over the last couple of years. None of that has caused a price increase. It will eventually, right? We know Game Pass can't possibly stay at $15 forever um but this i i don't know this acquisition doesn't seem like the thing that's finally gonna put it over the top oh you're gonna be able to get call of duty you know day one on an xbox console i don't know that that's the thing that's gonna put it over the top so i don't know these two complaints just didn't sit right with me avram i they both come across weird to me yeah i mean yeah, it, it it is weird. I mean, look, you can't guarantee that everything's going to run on every platform, mm -hmm. right? 
So as long as they're not, as long as they're making it available to another platform that's capable of running it, right? You know that has the horsepower to run it. Like it would be one thing if they said, "Oh yeah, PS5 can't play this because, um, you know, it, it's not good enough." Yeah. Uh, when we know that it is, like that would be, you know, well look, that's the kind of thing Apple would do, right? True. Uh, we, they they would say like, "There's some magic sauce here that you know." Or they create some hardware way of, I don't know. They they use some feature, put some feature in it that only Xbox could do or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, or but they're only, not doing that. So or only Xbox will get sixty frames per second, and PlayStation will get thirty. Oh no, wait, that was the case, right. but it was the other way around. Whoops. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't see like this seems a little ridiculous. Um, I get it that there's there's anti-competitive concerns as companies, should, you know, I think sure. the regulatory should authorities should be concerned about stuff if where if the company is kind of flexing, um, you know, anti-competitive authority. They, they although this is already kind of I mean, if they're worried about the company having control of a platform and then also making games that could run on that platform Where that ship sell because you know they already have other studios although you know the more they buy the more it could lock others out but you know there's still other i mean there's still plenty of like how much of the the market would they own if um if this deal goes through um so i I think less than Sony. Cause Sony's got all kinds of in-house studios too. I and and second party, um, which is a category we don't talk about a lot. Um essentially externals that are kind of internals. <laughs> that that weird hybrid space. So much stuff comes to Sony exclusive, first party, third party, um, and Sony has been the console leader for the last two generations. They owned the last generation, and they keep hitting uh, uh, hardware sales uh, record milestones. Fourth quarter of last year um, was the largest uh, console sale quarter in Sony's history. Yeah. So and they're, they're not in they're trouble. about to hit the most I think I just read that they're about to hit the most PlayStation consoles sold for a generation ever and we're only a couple years into the generation. I mean, they're they're owning it and Microsoft is trying to fight back. They're trying to be able to compete. They got you know saddled down at the beginning of this generation. Um because of chips and Taiwan and COVID, right? Um, the PS5 started becoming available in retail well ahead of when the Xboxes uh, were in people's hands. That gave Sony a huge lead um, in this generation. And I think legitimately this is Microsoft writing basically a blank check to Activision to try and try and hold that off to make Game Pass a more attractive uh, deal, which it already is. It's wildly 
effective where at, at $15, you've got what? Xbox Live, you've got the games for the PC, the games for the Xbox, the cloud gaming service, EA Play, and whatever this new Ubisoft relationship is. Um, but that's still not helping them stem the tide against Sony. I think they want this for that. So, yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know ridiculous. that they, if they would have Sony, <laughs> even with this, I don't know if they can fully recover from from the late start on this generation, even with this. So I don't know. It the the explanation seems odd. I totally get the idea of. Of this is a big concern. Activision is the company, right? We all know it. Between Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo 4, which comes out soon, um, Overwatch, Hearthstone, and then King for mobile games. Um, you know, Activision owns a lot of stuff. I see where the concern comes from. And these explanations aren't it. Yeah, no. The thing that you pointed out, well, how much of the industry do they control if they take this over? That that seems like the conversation to have, unless that ended up being a losing strategy. This doesn't seem like the thing to focus on, because these no, don't seem like winning strategies. Not at all. Not at all. So, next steps for Microsoft... Because it's not over. Um, they've spent a lot of money to get to where they are. Um, so it seems like for sure they're not going to give up at this point. Um, so the next step is that they can file um, uh, an appeal. They will be appealing to a court. Um, they've got four weeks to put the appeal in. And then basically they have to argue why the CMA's decision-making process was wrong. We've helped you out a little bit here. Uh, though I assume your lawyers are probably better versed than we're going to be, but basically they have to make the argument that the decision-making process was flawed. Um, and then they can get back on track. So I don't think they're going to shut down discussions with other regulatory bodies. They might slow down, but I don't think they're going to shut down. Um, they are going to focus on this on this appeal. There's no way they don't. Um, they, we're like 15 months into this since the announcement. The announcement wasn't the beginning of the process for sure. Um, so they're going to keep going down this. We will know probably by the end of the summer whether or not the appeal has been uh, accepted or rejected. And uh, then at that point, we will find out what the uh, what the rest of the process looks like. It's definitely going to be chaos, but uh, <laughs> we will stay on top of it. Yeah. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. 
It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. Plus, it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. Back on the topic of AI, but staying within uh, Europe and uh, uh, legal entities, we have the EU passing a draft version of what is being called the Artificial Intelligence Act, obviously also known as the AI Act. Um, this is a massive, comprehensive set of laws relating to the regulation of AI within the EU. However, as we learned with uh, GDPR, things that happen in the EU affect the world um, because if you operate within uh, the EU, you do end up being um, uh, bound by these things. Uh, so this is going to be a big deal for everybody. Um, the The next stage of this, now that they've passed a draft, is for um, law, law members and uh, member states, lawmakers and member states from around the EU to then negotiate the details of the bill. The draft took two years. Um, the timing is spectacular. The draft has been in negotiations for two years um, since the, the initial uh, proposal. Um, they've been fighting it over for months, and, and now we're here. Now all the member states get to weigh in uh, strongly before a final vote. Um, the the uh, parliament has put stricter obligations on uh, models, uh, foundation models, um, such as ChatGPT. Uh, under the proposal, companies that make generative AI tools would have to disclose if they've used copyrighted material. So uh, there's uh, there's uh, your one of your constant issues, Avram, being addressed. The question comes down to, because I haven't actually read this full draft. Um, I've gotten a hold of, you know, I've gotten into some of it. I don't know when and where they're required to disclose this. Um, I don't know if they're required to disclose it when they have accessed it, when they've used it as part of the information for a response or if they have to have somewhere where they just list all of the copyrighted material, that doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like what the EU would go for. So my guess is the first one, which would bring us to, you know, always citing sources, which has been um, a big complaint of both of ours. <laughs> uh, so those are the kinds of things that we will see as negotiations get hashed out. The draft kind of just says that it'll have to uh, disclose uh, copyrighted content usage. Um, but we know the EU. We know how, how they deal with this stuff. Being passive and just having one big long list on the website is not going to be acceptable for them. Um, so 
my question about that is like disclose like how about license like mm -hmm. you know so there's crediting sources which is you know one level and then there's getting permission and compensating sources and i think they need to do both like you're so here's a little something interesting when when in in our my segment before we were talking about and i showed a uh, two second uh video text to video playground yeah and likes many other um image generating ais it trained itself on every image by the way the data that model from that is from a chinese company i forget their name not not one people have heard most people have heard of um so anyway the they train themselves on shutterstock which is a uh a how would you call it a stock a royalty-free images company a stock right. images company and people pay money to use shutterstock images but not like, a but we not pay a to use them. not a free royalty free <laughs> right image. right you don't pay an additional i guess what i right. mean is you don't pay additional royalties right after you pay for the image right, right? it's and we have a it's like, different from like pexels right which is royalty free but free use shutterstock right. is not that shutterstock is a paid service but you don't have to pay every time you use one yeah uh we 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 now have some kind of relationship going with them i think where we have to pay for every single one but i we don't have to pay for it in perpetuity like mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. you put it on on an article and as long as we don't put it on another article we don't have to pay again but you know right. um whereas and I, I i don't know what their deal right. is with the artists and which is which is exactly the situation that caused the Pilch Point to get a new theme song. Right, right. Because there's a <laughs> lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things where it's like, okay, you you can use this for a while, uh, but you can't use it use it again, right? There used to be, I don't know if they still do this for online, because online people archive everything, but I think there used to be a thing with some of these image libraries, like AP and Getty or whatever, where it's like, yeah, you can print this today, but you can't print it again tomorrow. Yep. And they would say like, hey, a website is printing it every day. So yep. we, you know, we're going to keep charging you forever. Web, um, web anyway, licenses from Getty are different than print licenses. Very, very different. But the, but one thing to, to point out is um, they did not, the, you know, this two-second video thing, they just scraped Shutterstock's site. If you yep. don't have a login for Shutterstock, you can see all the images, but they have a watermark. And you can see the watermark in their images. So they're like, grabbing data. Just like Birdemic. Right. They're grabbing data without paying for it. Right? Um, you know, and and they and that is, you know, so even if they disclosed it, that's still stealing. Yeah. That's like, I mean, there's there's plagiarism and that which is one level. And then there's copyright violation, which is another level, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then, there's, then and, there's armed highway robbery, which is essentially what we saw in that Godzilla image. <laughs> yes. So, so you know, now what's interesting is that, um, you know, for better or worse, I was looking this up today and I was going to, like, reach out to Shutterstock 
and like for comment about this. Like, uh-huh. are you going to sue? Um, and then I saw that Shutterstock had so- recently signed a licensing deal with uh, OpenAI to allow them to use the Shutterstock library in uh, Dolly, I think it is. Hmm. So, so they seem to be okay with somebody doing this as long as they're paying. As long as they're paid. fair. Like, yeah, they're. I mean, at least they're getting paid. I, but I feel bad for the the author for the artists because I don't know if they're getting compensated for being used in the training data or every time their work. They're certainly not being compensated every time their work is being somehow appropriated. That's yeah. hard to say, right? Um, whether whose work was appropriated for that particular image. Um, And, you know, they're not getting credit. That's for sure. So, you know, uh, so like the very least that we all, that the EU should do, that US should do. And by the way, there may not need to be new laws. There may just need to be legal precedents. Like it may just need to be the case that somebody... Uh, that there's some successful lawsuits. Yeah. Like Getty is suing Getty is suing Stable Diffusion right now, right? Yeah. Um yeah. so like like they need, you know, let's go, you know, I'd like to see them win or uh, you know, because like you're severely harming your stealing. You know, like that's what it is. Yeah. We can call it machine learning, but it's data collection and and it's basically sanitizing this stuff so that it doesn't look like we took it from here. It's like if I go yeah. to the bank and I steal a whole bunch of cash, but then I wipe all the blue dye off of it so you can't tell uh-huh. that I stole it. And you're, I'm like, look, I have a cash generator here. It just spits money out. Look at me. Like, yeah. that's, that's, what's, that's what's going on. Uh, with with uh, with generative AI, they're taking data that they don't without permission from many 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 different websites that have created data. Uh, some of which are nonprofit, but some of which are for profit, which paid for it, which people worked did work, and they're taking the names off of it. They're mixing it up a little bit so you can't one hundred percent track it back to the source and claiming it as their own. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there should be a law based on this, but there may also be lawsuits. And yeah. uh, the EU AI Act should do more than just disclosure. They should have to pay for licensing. And we'll see exactly how this goes. Because um, we, we've we seen this before, right? The, the amount of time between the draft being approved this week and a final version being circulated um within the eu parliament um there there's going to be a gap just the the usb c thing from the time there was a draft till the time it was in parliament's hands i think was six months and that was just for should should we charge things on usb c (laughs) so yeah i mean that was significantly uh, less complex than what we're talking about here. So um, we'll see what happens here. There's a lot of other interesting stuff happening around this bill. Amnesty International has gotten 
involved in it, talking about, um, let's see, what's the quote? The AI Act offers EU lawmakers an opportunity to put an end to the use of discriminatory and rights-violating artificial intelligence systems. Now, what are they talking about? I don't know. But that's an interesting set of words. And I'm really interested to see exactly what they mean by that. Um, because rights violating could be 100% what we're talking about here, right? It could be copyright. Um, but it's Amnesty International. It could also be stuff like this AI-generated adult content of real people. That's a rights violation as well. So I'm really interested to see what Amnesty International wants to see happen here. Because if they're getting if they're getting involved, there's going to be movement here. Um, yeah, I mean, deep fakes. We we what people you know we talk a lot about like you know the text side of all this with like you know ChatGPT, but mm -hmm. you know deep fakes, right? Um, yeah. and in Europe, don't you have the right to your image? Whereas in yeah. the U S you don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Public or private, I think in, in the EU, as opposed to here, yeah. uh, you don't have any reasonable expectation of privacy if you're in public, which I mean, that's what those words mean, but I, I understand what their goal was. <laughs> But so, but what's interesting to me about that though is like, how does that apply to images that are just made from, well, nothing, as we've discussed, nothing in AI is actually made from, made right. from out of whole cloth. Right. But, you know, assuming, but taking that as an assumption that it's creating an image of you. If I say create an image of, you know, of, you know, somebody snorting cocaine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's terrible for their reputation. I mean, besides the slander of it, or can they sue me for like, you know, hey, you made my image. In the U.S., mm -hmm. just making an image of somebody, uh, I don't think, like, if I draw someone, I'm entitled to do that. So if I could photo make an image of someone, I'm allowed to, I think. Whereas in the EU, you have, I think, a right to your likeness. I think so. Yeah, it's going to be... There's going to be a lot going on here, um, and, you know, we've been having these conversations for years. It's far more important today than it was before. I had a conversation with Dr. Woody Flowers, the, the former head of the engineering department at MIT, um, about an, a Michelle Obama adult deep fake. We had that conversation in, like, 2019, I think. 20, when did he die? Twenty. 19 so it must have yeah it might have been april of 2019 we had that conversation um and he's like and this is what's happening now this is just the beginning there we gotta we gotta prepare for this stuff so we didn't exactly prepare for it in the way that he had hoped but it does seem like maybe maybe things are going to start uh catching up to to, to protect people and information. So we'll, we'll see again. It was like a six month delay on, should we charge things on USB-C? 
So I don't know how long we're going to have to wait on this, but my guess is we're going to hear progress on this one, which we didn't on... I keep going back to the USB-C thing because it was the last major tech thing that the EU Parliament took on. Um, I didn't really hear updates on that one because from draft to publish, it didn't really change. Uh, but this is going to change a lot. Lots of people have an interest in this. Publishers have an interest in it to ensure that, you know, they're being not just credited but compensated and Amnesty International's got an interest in this and lots of people and organizations are going to uh, put their two cents in. So this is going to evolve a lot from this draft to something serious. And because the internet is global, this will affect um, us here as well in the same way that GDPR did. So uh, we will be keeping a close eye on this as it evolves. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. We've got a show coming back, one that's been off the air for a while. Black Mirror has officially been announced to come back for season six. Uh, the show premiered originally in 2011. It was one of the initial um, Netflix original series. Um, and it's been gone for a while at a very interesting time as some of the predictions and dystopian stories started to come closer to life. Because um, we've definitely got a Furby powered by ChatGPT, which... <laughs> Certainly seems pretty close to the uh, Miley Cyrus episode. Uh, but um, it's an interesting time for it to come back. Uh, if you've not seen the series, it is essentially, it's an anthology se series where every episode is disconnected and disjointed from one another. Um, but they tell the tale of a, each one tells the tale of a, version of the future where a particular technology has turned dystopian in one way or another. Whether it be, you know, social media has gone so far that, you know, you have to audition for real life, which was kind of what that episode was, um, to uh, digital blackmail and malware um, affecting the president, um, to the Miley Cyrus AI doll um, going berserk. So, I mean, we're certainly... The, the world has advanced since the last season, and uh, we're in a great position <laughs> to create new dystopian stories of technology going sideways. So, 
Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, what the what the team is able to produce um, now. The the cast list that's been announced so far. I don't know if you've seen this, Abram. The cast list so far is wild. Josh Hartnett, Michael Sarah, uh, Selma Hayek, Aaron Paul, Rory Culkin. I mean, lots of big name people are coming uh, into into this season. I think they proved um, that with the Miley Cyrus episode that you can have like super big name people um, slip into this series and be be really good to go. Um, so they're going to lean into that this time. Um, it is essentially the same team uh, coming back for production. Um, and in fact, um, executive producer Charlie Brooker said um, that he has some stories and some tropes that in the early days of the series... He said he would not touch with a 10-foot pole um, and has decided, you know what? I was wrong. Those are tropes that should be touched in this series um, because we need to challenge what a Black Mirror Black Mirror episode is. So, um, yeah, it it's probably going to feel a little different, but it's still going to feel the same. Hopefully, we won't have... Anything like the first episode, which if you've not watched the series, feel free to skip it. Um, it's beyond weird. Things you don't want to see, I can promise. Um, but outside of that, the series is fantastic. And I, for one, am, am looking forward to a sixth season. It The show's never been... It's really good at telling standard sci-fi tropes in a interesting new way. Nothing in it's never been done before. Um, but none of it's really been done this particular way, which I think makes it interesting. Are you, are you a fan, Abram? Uh, you know, I've watched some of the episodes. It just makes me so depressed that, yeah, understand that I don't look forward to watching them. You know, like it, it, they all seem so realistic that it's like, yeah, I can totally see this. I just, you know, like I'm still, I'm still getting over the one with the contact lenses that could record everything that you see Uh and store your memory forever. Um, Which I think uh, you're the founder of, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds a lot like what I'm the founder of, right? Sounds like. Thank you for setting that up. I know that wasn't your goal, but yeah. that was great. <laughs> no, I, I thought about it. I mean, although it's a little different because the ones I have just help you to, the ones I make just help you to see phone numbers. You know what's interesting, though? I was thinking about this when I read the description. Every contact lens helps you to see phone numbers. Huh. None. Of, I mean, it said helps you to see phone numbers. It didn't say helps you to call them or store them in database. It said my contact lenses uh, have a camera in them and they help you to see phone numbers. Huh. Well, like say that, didn't if it? you put a phone number in front of me I and I couldn't see well and I put on contact lenses, it would certainly help me see them. 
No, I are the right contact lenses for you. Yes, yes. They have to be the right. But um but anyway. Yeah. Uh I mean it's it's Black Mirror is uh yeah, I mean they have work to do. I think I read something the other day where someone saw a project they were working on in Black Mirror and decided to not do it. Oh wow. There was a st- I, I, I think it was this week I saw something about like somebody saw a Black Mirror episode and and they said, "Oh, this this new technology I'm working on is just like the thing in the Black Mirror episode." I think I'm going to stop. I mean, it would it makes sense that the article would come out now, um, since they just announced that it's coming back, and it's coming back in June. By the way, I didn't mention that before. Um, Ten episodes of Black Mirror that went way too far. Well, the first one. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see that one. That doesn't. Uh, okay. I, I I'm not finding it now, but I I I think I really saw this. I believe <laughs> you. you. <laughs> anyway. Um, it certainly changed my opinion on that. Like I used to think that having like a camera that followed, we could log stuff on your face would be great. And now, uh, you know, and now my two, now I'm like, you know what, actually it's good not to have a perfect memory. It's perfect digital yeah. memory. Yeah. I'll, I've mentioned the episode a couple of times. I'm not a fan, but the Miley Cyrus episode was actually really good. Season five, somewhere in the middle of season five. It's actually pretty good with a little AI robot doll thing going crazy. It, it definitely colored my opinion of those videos of people who have hooked a Furby up to chat GPT. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. That's, we've, that's too creepy. Oh, it's so creepy. Oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> and and after that particular episode, it's all I can see. I'm like, oh okay, well that that Furby's gonna lock that guy in his closet, I think. <laughs> That's not ideal. But it It's a series that I've I've enjoyed. I didn't expect to, um, because it seemed like super like uh sci-fi tropey. But they managed to make it... See, I... Well, that's great, because I'm not talking to you. See, this is what happens when you bring... Bring half a dozen of these things into the room. <laughs> to talk about yeah. AI. So they they start talk listening. to each other. <laughs> I love doing that, by the way. Um, but, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the closer-to-realistic feel of it. Um... But I can see how that would be a problem. But anyway, I'm I'm excited. Um, new season comes in June, so we're just a couple months away, um, and it's something that I'm personally excited about. And it's pretty on message <laughs> for right now, with uh, you know the weird way that technology's been going just over the last couple of months. You know, AI going sideways has certainly been a a Hot and hot button topic. Oh, we're living. We're definitely show. living in an episode. 
we're definitely living in an episode of Black Mirror. It, yeah. it, it really feels like it. Yeah. So it's appropriate for for it to be coming back right now. And I can't see I can't wait to see what they do with it this time around. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it, especially when we're on the wrong night. If you didn't join us live and you would like to in the future, normally Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, chat with us in the top in the studio. Uh, talk about the topics as we go through them. We always love that. If you can't join us live, that's okay. PluckHitsLive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows. F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live presents, and a whole lot more. And then uh, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Um, we have got some normalcy coming, I think, for a little while, which is exciting. Uh, and then we've got Mother's Day... Uh, at some point this month. Um, so we'll figure out. A week out. from Sunday. A week from no, Sunday? No, no, no. Maybe it's two weeks. No, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it's a week from Something Sunday. like that. So maybe we'll do it on Monday night that week or something like that. We'll figure it out. Because um, yeah. I want to get back into the rhythm. I I hate this up and down and up and down we've been doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely want to get back into the consistent rhythm we used to do. So that's a commitment from us. We're going to try everything in our power to maintain the rhythm that we used to have. So with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.